Hi there. You're about to enjoy a recording made in Wellspring Church in central Watford. We're glad you've connected with us online. And of course, you can follow us on social media, even download the Wellspring app. But much better than this is meeting in person. We would love to welcome you to one of our services in a congregation near you. As you listen to this recording, know that we are praying for you to be encouraged, inspired, and given wisdom from heaven to live life to the full as Jesus intended and bring transformation to your world with his amazing love. God bless you. I want to say I know what it's like at home on the sofa or on a chair in your bed or whatever. I know it'd be very easy to be passive at this time, but I want to encourage you to lean in. And just as we pray to allow the Holy Spirit to meet with you where you are at, I really believe God wants to do something in like a shared moment. Uh, so thank you for joining us. And uh, I want to, at the end of, just in a couple of minutes, actually, we're going to take communion together. Um, but before that, I want to share some words. And in particular, these words are um, for those that are in part of the Wellspring Church family. You know what I mean? People who've said of all the different kind of pockets of the kingdom, this is my church family. Uh, and I'm speaking to you if you have been part of the church for years and years Uh, particularly perhaps, but I also want to speak to any who are kind of coming along for the journey. And maybe even since the pandemic started, uh, this is your regular thing to meet with us together um, over the live stream. I want to say I'm speaking to you, but that doesn't mean if you're as a visitor, or maybe you're not into the whole church thing, or maybe you're only going to watch three minutes of this video, I want to say that I've still got something to share for you. And I'm going to lead you, and we're going to lead in response. And for those of us in the room and live, we're going to take communion. Um, But I want to do so on the basis of a bit of honesty. Is it right if we're honest today? Can can I be honest? Uh, If I can be honest, you can be honest. And listen, you in the room, you're going to need to help me preach, all right? So I think in the guidelines, you're allowed to say amen a lot, actually. Um, You can clap, you can jump up and down, you just can't sing loudly, all right? So make whatever noise you want to, that would be really helpful. Now, um, last week I shared a message um, which was kind of the, the, the the introduction to what I wanted to say today. And last week, I stood in front of a big wheelie bin and was throwing some things away, declaring, uh, as Paul said in the book of Philippians, um, that actually everything else is rubbish compared to knowing Jesus. And that's not just the apostle Paul's experience 2,000 years ago, but actually any Christ follower since has come to understand what it really means to put Jesus first and to consider everything else to be the stuff you would throw to the dogs, all right? And, uh, and after the service, uh, a lovely member of our church family, someone whose intention I have no, I have no doubts at all about their love and their commitment to our shared vision, they sent me a picture, and uh, it was of this Okay, and uh, if you might, you might recognize that, some of you have been around, maybe four years ago. Has anyone got one of these still at home? It's a coaster, um, and it was produced about three or four years ago, and we had a big gathering together of all the Wellspringers in one room, and we were receiving from God a fresh vision. Anyway, this Wellspringer um, said, is it okay if I throw this in the bin? Uh, this coaster. It was the end of 2020, and it's gone. And I'm like, yeah, of course. Um, and uh, the next statement really grabbed me. And they said, um, they said, if I had paid for it, I'd be asking for a refund. Wow, that's honesty. 
And it kind of took me aback, and I wasn't kind of hurt by that. In fact, for you watching, I thank you for sending that message, because actually, part of me would like a refund as well. So (laughs) there's a a gap I want to talk about, the painful gap between the vision and the reality. So on one side, we have the vision, which this thing on the top of the YMCA was about seeing life around the town, about seeing multiple uh, congregations as part of the Wellspring family, about seeing loads of change, transformation taking place. Now, to be fair, it's not all rubbish. We've seen more churches than we even dreamed of planted in Burkina Faso, thriving churches that you've been involved in. We've seen incredible things happening in Watford. We've seen many people come to faith in Christ, get baptized. We've seen boys and girls, men and women growing in their faith. So it's not all bad, but there is a gap between the vision and the reality. The reality is we haven't seen all those things happen, have we? We haven't. And if you're in there in that moment and you, got, you were one of those that sang, now is the time, these are the days. There was a moment in God where I think, and honestly, with all honesty, there wasn't a single word I said that I didn't believe was blessed by the Lord as what he wanted to do through us as a church family. And not just through us, in partnership with other people in Watford and other places. There wasn't, there's no part of me, I don't take a single word of that back, I don't. But, but actually, there's a gap between the vision and the reality. Does anyone know what I'm talking about? That we have that in our own lives. That we, don't, we, we, we set goals, don't we? And then the, the, the plans, and then the reality, there's a gap. I want to talk about living in the gap, but also acknowledging something. Because when I've been reflecting on this, why haven't we seen all of these things become a reality? And I've been asking myself some deep questions over the last six months or so. And what I definitely sense is that I haven't been who God wanted me to be. I haven't been the leader that would be needed to do to see those things happen. Do you know what? Neither have the whole of the senior leadership team. We haven't yet become who God wanted us to be. But do you know what? It's not about leadership alone. Neither have we. As a whole church family, we have not yet become who we need to be in order to see the vision become a reality. We haven't. And it's a really good thing to be honest about that. We haven't. The group of people that met, there was, a, there was some conditionality to what the Lord said, and it involved a wholehearted, 150% commitment to the cause of Christ, whatever the cost, however uncomfortable it would be, and whatever it would mean for us. But let's be honest, we haven't always over those years been all of that. And I know I haven't. And as I've been reflecting on this, I've recognised that we've fallen into a trap. And I want to talk about a bold new future, but I want to talk about the opposite of that that we've slipped into. The first of those is fear instead of faith. The, The second is I think we've fallen into a tiredness or a weariness. Some of you, even when I talk, and you're hearing me now, let's be honest. You think, well, that's Tim's job to tell us we have a great future. But do you know what? 5% of me believes it because there's cynicism and there's just weariness. Is anyone tired of this? We're tired of this. And so we can give in to that weariness and stop trusting God. And we can slip into a kind of fearful, tired formula. You know what I mean by formula? I mean that we know what's going to happen next. 
because we've actually established everything. We do this, then we do this, then we do this. And every church in the land, every church in the world is having to think again about our formula of being church. Because we can't even meet as we want to on a Sunday. This is not how we want it, is it? This is not what we really dream. I dream of this room being filled and extended and filled and filled and filled. And we're not able to. But do you know what? We cannot trust in formula. God is saying, I've got for you, as a church family, Wellspring, I'm calling you to a bold new future. You have a future. And the hallmark of that will not be fear. And it won't be religious formula either. It won't be you know what you're going to get. It's going to look different. And every church leader, like I said, has been thinking, how do we even do this thing? How, you, how can we even be church together? Do you know what? The Holy Spirit is not scratching his head, if he has a head in that way. You know, God, they're not in heaven thinking, oh, no, pandemic, what do we do? Oh, no, we can't. Actually, I think God's in this saying, you have a great future if only you'd embrace it. So we haven't been yet the people of faith and prayer and boldness that he wants us to be. But guess what? There is grace. And as we come to the table, as we take communion, I want us to be really honest. We haven't yet grown into the kind of people that he wants us to be, that would see some of those vision things become a reality, actually. We haven't yet fully partnered with the Lord, but guess what? There is grace and there is forgiveness. And as a leader, I depend upon that every day. Do you know what? He's not finished with me yet, and he's not finished with you. If you stay in relationship with Jesus, and, and uh, the Apostle Paul, in his brilliant letter to the Romans, it, probably some of his finest writings, incredible theology. And I'm going to read to you some words that you've heard just very briefly. You've heard probably many times. But I want to apply them to this moment. He says this, So now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. No condemnation. Not for me and not for you. None. The, the enemy can't touch us. Shame cannot touch us. And then he goes on in verse 38, and we can apply this to our situation. I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love, neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today, nor our worries about tomorrow, nor even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above, or no micro, this is my 20... 21 version, my, the microorganism virus, okay, no power in the sky above or COVID, in the earth below, indeed nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed, what, it, on TV? No, revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. I want to say if you're here at home and if your life is just full of rubbish and you wonder if you have a future, you have a future not because of anything I say, but because of Christ Jesus, our Lord. He is your future. And so I want to encourage us as we come to community to remember, we stand and we sit in grace. And the Lord's not pointing his finger at Wellspring Church saying, I'm giving up on you. In fact, he's saying, I'm calling you to a bold new future. But in order to embrace that, in order to embrace something that goes beyond the end of lockdown, I mean, we're all trying to survive, aren't we? We're all trying to get to the point where let's just get through the next few days. No, I'm, call, I'm calling this to think about the next few years of our lives. 
in order for us to do that, we have to admit we're not who God wants us to be. So to you watching this right now, I wonder if you can take that encouragement about what it means to stand in Christ Jesus and whether you can acknowledge the fact that you need the grace of the Lord. We all do. And in a moment before we press on and I share with you more about the future, it would be good for us to deal for a moment with the past. And perhaps where you are right now watching this, I don't know what time of the day it is or even where you are in the world and you're watching this message, I don't want you just to watch this. I I encourage you to have a moment in God and admit with me the brokenness and to confess the need for God's grace. And would you join with me at this time and pray a simple prayer before we go on? And uh, when we gather together in this service, we kind of share communion. Well, if you're not able to do that now, you can join uh, with me in this prayer of confession. So let's admit our need for God's grace. Let's do that together. Heavenly Father, we admit, Lord, that we live uh, so often between your plan for us and kind of the best you have for us and, and our own kind of failings and weakness. But Lord, we thank you for the grace that we've read about. And we receive that grace as we confess our need for forgiveness right now. And we pray in the name of your son, Jesus, Father, that you would apply your grace to us. Lord, would you meet to us? And I pray right now, God, that you'd forgive me for my half-heartedness, at times for my faithlessness or my prayerlessness. Lord, I'm sorry when I haven't been confident in who you are and been bold in my witness. But Lord, I pray, God, instead of fear, you'd bring faith. I pray, God, instead of just tiredness and weariness, that you would infuse me again by your spirit with a a sense of depth and confidence in you. And Lord, I pray that you'd open my mouth to speak your praises. So Lord, have your way in this moment and hear our prayers in Jesus' name. Amen. As I said before we prayed um, together, uh, God is calling us and you as part of the Wellspring family to, to, have a, to experience a bold new future. And the layers of cynicism and, uh, and just weariness, the Lord is peeling some of those things away in order that we, um, we, we might actually embrace what God really has for us. This is about take, getting both hands and receiving what God has for us. And I can't make you do that. That's, up, that's down to you, where you are right now. That's down to you in your hearts. Either receive what the Lord's going to say, or you can reject it. Guess what? He still means it. Uh, whether It's still true, whether you accept it um, or not. And as I do that, I pray that God would shake us from our fearful, tired, kind of uh, the formula of the stuff that we like and brings us comfort. And I believe this is time for us to embrace a bold new future um, that, that means we get rid of that kind of fearfulness and that weariness and uh, the kind of formula approach to things. Now, I, I want to share with you uh, the journey that I've been on. And we've got a bit of artwork coming on, but we'll come to that later. Um, I, I, I want to share with you the journey I've been over the last few months. Like I said, I've had to admit my own failings and our own failings as a church. Lord, why do you share this vision and then the reality isn't all of that? And I, I took two and a half days away on the south coast at the beginning of September and uh, got a little Airbnb kind of shack and I, I stayed and prayed. In fact, all the retreat centers were closed and so, or, or full. So there was nowhere else for me to go. I found this little room 
And uh, I went for a couple of days to pray, just a silent retreat. No one else was there except me and the Lord. And it was absolute bliss. It was amazing because I could shout and I could cry and I could sing and I could weep. I spent time on my face. I walked the South Coast for miles. I really enjoy meeting with the Lord while I'm out walking. Probably you do as well. And, uh, and it got to the final afternoon of my retreat. And I sat with an A3 sheet of paper in front of me on this little desk with a pen and say, okay, Lord, I've dealt with a few things. And to be honest, I had quite a few things to deal with. I'm just being honest. I dealt with quite a few things. And I said, okay, Lord, now what is the future for Wellspring Church? Where are you leading us? And and as clear as I'm going to tell you, and you can accept this or reject it, as clear as I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you what he said, just a few words. He says, I see Wellspring Church becoming strong in faith, becoming deep in prayer and bold in witness. And I was like, okay, Lord, that's a great, that's a great little summary, but, but can I have some detail? And I just, and it's like, no, that's it. I see every Wellspring Church member becoming strong in faith. Amen? But what about if every member of our church family became deep in prayer? And by that, I think the Lord means that we might be able to lament We might learn what it means to long in the presence of the Lord and also to do warfare and to bring breakthrough through intercession. But also a church and a Christian who's deep in prayer can go to the Lord in any time, in any place, in any lockdown and know how to meet with the Lord. That's God's plan. You see, these things, there's no government guidelines against what I'm sharing with you today. I promise you is that he wants every member of our church family and you at home to become strong in faith, deep in prayer, and then bold in witness, unashamed of the name of Jesus, able to say to whatever anyone thinks that our allegiance is primarily and only really to Jesus. And as I prayed, I, I, I sat there with these words on the page, and like I said, a big A3 sheet. Lord, okay, now this is where you tell me the strategy, uh, the things that we're going to do, the locations, the, all these things. Like, Lord, show, and there was silence. And I stared at this sheet of paper. I said, God, I need more than that. He's like, no, you don't. You don't. You don't need more than that. We'll work the rest out as a church family. If we can just cross these things then we'll work the rest out. And, and yeah, we'll still need to extend our building. We'll still, maybe there'll be other, I don't know, locations and ministries, the Wellspring Wellness, there'll be other things, but they'll all come because we have become a church that is strong in faith and that we have become a people that are deep in prayer and we become a people that are fervently bold in witness. And it's like, Lord, but I'm not those things. At times I don't feel like I'm any of those three things. I've, I've, I've grown some, but I've got some growing to do. And so have you. What if we did that together? Because it's not an individualistic yeah. pursuit. We're connected into the church. You know, the pandemic has not stopped us being church. You're the church at home. You're not come to church. Can I just correct this? You're not watching church. Sitting where you are right now, you are Church. We are church together. It's the body of Christ. And there's no lockdown, no pandemic, no election crisis. It doesn't matter who is in government. We are the church of Jesus Christ. It doesn't matter who's in government. My dear friend Tekli Walde told me about in Ethiopia about the number of years that communist rule meant that the church could not meet in Ethiopia. 
years. He was in prison seven times for his followership of Jesus. He became a pastor of a church during communist rule. They, all they could do to pray is come alongside each other in a car park. And I've been to that car park. In fact, every time we go there, we go, it's behind Bole Mini in Addis Ababa, near the airport. And if you go there, there's a tiny car park. And the, the pastors used to meet, pull their cars up next to each other, roll down the window and pray. And then when the police came, they had to go. And that was church. But you know what? During that period of years, the church grew exponentially. And they were never able to meet in person more than that kind of gathering. When they came out, they were having church buildings all over the place. Nothing can stop the church of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. When we're bold in faith and deep in prayer and bold in our witness as well. Now, to put this in context, I want to talk about the heart of God just for a few minutes. And this is from the book of Isaiah. If you have a Bible at home uh, that's not the device you're looking on, then why don't you do that? Or if you just want to read the Bible and listen to my voice on your device, I don't care. But it'd be really good if you could open your Bibles to Isaiah. It's the book kind of in pretty much in the middle of the Bible. Um, the prophet Isaiah speaks the words of God to share his heart. And around 539 BC, uh, God begins to uh, call the people of Israel back to Jerusalem, to the home Israel, if you like, to the place. And so the tribe is being called back. And to illustrate this, I want to show you this map. I wonder if we could have that on the screen. So this is the map, okay? This is Israel's return from exile. I hope you can see that up there as well. So, so where they are when this is written is here, kind of in Babylon. This is, they're in exile. They've kind of made a home for themselves for like 70 years. And so they've had children. Uh, Jeremiah 29, you know, they were told to have children, to plant. So they're there for a time in Babylon. They've, they've made their life. In fact, they, they've heard grandma sing a song, Psalm 137, by the rivers of Babylon, we sat down and wept and remembered. Remembered where? They remembered the place over here, Jerusalem, Zion. A few people could remember, but the generation that's going to make this move grew up in Babylon. For them, that is their normal. And they've just gotten used to it. And that's what they're used to. And the heart of God is to say, I'm going to take you from Babylon. And it's a roundabout journey. If you're all the way up here and then down to Jerusalem, kind of there. They, they, I feel like I'm a weather woman, you know, like a weather person. And here we are. We have a cold front coming in from the east. So, so they're going to move. They're going to move um, from east to west to Jerusalem. Do you know that journey is eight, maybe five, eight hundred miles as Barry Webb, the commentator, pointed out, this is an arduous journey. There are bandits on the way. There are people going to die on the way. This is four months through rugged terrain. And the Lord says, I've got something new for you. You might be in Babylon and get used to it. But guess what? No, I'm going to do something new. That is the heart of God. And you'll see as we read it, Isaiah speaks for God with, with such clarity that for those who would hear it, they're going to make that move and make that journey. So in Isaiah 43, from verse 14, this is what the Lord says. Your Redeemer, the 
Holy One of Israel. For your sakes, I will send an army against Babylon, forcing the Babylonians to flee in those ships they're so proud of. In other words, I'm going to cause a political kind of ruckus that's going to bring some movement in the area. I am the Lord, your Holy One, Israel's creator and king. I am the Lord who opened a way through the waters, making a dry path through the sea. I called forth the mighty army of Egypt with all its chariots and horses. I drew them beneath the waves and they drowned. Their lives snuffed out like a smoldering candle wick. Okay, so this is the story of the Exodus. This is where actually they had, they had to go through water. Uh, they, they were, amazingly, the Egyptians were defeated and the Exodus shows God's delivering hand. And this is the story, not just of grand. Um, if we were in the 1970s, we would have uh, had this uh, kind of experience where uh, we'd have in felt on the wall in our auditorium the next few words, okay? So this is a really well-known um, verse, and I'm reading from the New Living Translation. It says, but he says, but forget all that. It is nothing compared to what I'm going to do. Or the NIV, I think, says, forget the former things because I'm going to do something new. It says, for I'm about to do something new, verse 19. See, I've already begun. Do you not see it? And the thing is that we don't always see it, right? Do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness. I'll create rivers in the dry wasteland. The wild animals in the field will thank me, the jackals and owls too, for giving them water in the desert. Yes, I will make rivers in the dry wasteland so my chosen people can be refreshed. I've made Israel for myself and they will someday honor me. There's a bit of bold witness for you. They will honor me before the whole world. So can you see this is the heart of God? And I hope you're getting this at home as well. The heart of God is to say, I'm going to do something new. This time it's going to be through wasteland. This time it's not through a river. Now I'm going to produce rivers, but in the wasteland, on that journey going back in the dry place. And when they get to Jerusalem, they're going to have some building work to do. This is not, they're not just going to sit and eat big grapes, right? They're going to get there. They're going to have some building work to do. But on the way, the heart of God says, I'm going to be with you, Israel, and I'm going to provide streams in the wasteland. And that journey they took was kind of along the river Tigris and Euphrates, those kind of big rivers. And they would kind of be near the river but it also go through very dry areas. And, the, and, you know, maybe the Lord is saying to us as Wellspring Church, you're going to go through this year some dry areas. You're going to go through, this is not going to be an easy journey. There are bandits on the way. But along the way, no, the Lord says this, and this is for someone at home right now. The Lord may be leading you through a dry wasteland, but the Lord is the one who can provide streams in the wasteland. Hallelujah. That's who he is. That's who he is. And he says that to us as a church family. I'm going to do something new. It's like a new exodus. 
It's, a, it's different. But he says, I'm going to do it new. And I just want to point out, it says in, uh, in the Hebrew, for forget the former things. I love this. Uh, the Hebrew is kadmoni, which means um, the eastern things. Okay? So he says, forget the former things, but also means the eastern things. You know, they're going from east to west. Forget the things of Babylon, where you are right now. You need to forget them because I'm going to do something new. And amazingly, God delivered, and, and what was prophesied became true. And you know the stories of Nehemiah and Ezra and others. Uh, actually, they made the journey back, and a generation was reestablished in Jerusalem. Streams in the wasteland. This is the vision, right? But then there's a bit of reality. Um, get this for a bit of reality. There's some great painting going on there. I'll show you that in a moment. The, the question is, who, who will write our future? Because here God gets really honest with him. He says, but dear family, Jacob, you refuse to ask for my help. You've grown tired of me, O Israel. You've not brought me sheep or goats for burnt offerings. You've not honored me with sacrifices, though I've not burdened and wearied you. With requests for grain offerings and frankincense, you've not brought me fragrant calamus or pleased me with the fat from sacrifices and said, you've burdened me with your sins and wearied me with your faults. Then listen to this, verse 25. I, yes, I alone, will blot out your sins for my own sake. (laughs) and I'll never think of them again. Hallelujah. That's what we celebrated in communion in our response earlier. Let us review the situation together, and you can present your case to prove your innocence. From the very beginning, your first ancestors sinned against me. All your leaders broke my laws. We, We know what that's like, right? That is why I disgraced your priests. I've decreed complete destruction for Jacob and shame for Israel. So the Lord is saying there's consequences to the rebellion of Israel and Jacob. But because of who I am, says the Lord, I'm going to deliver you. Not because of who you are, but because of who I am. Then the final scripture for today is the next few verses. Uh, And in chapter 44, it's kind of cool. In chapter 44, the Lord makes some declarations that brilliantly bring to life what the Lord's been speaking to me about our church family. And listen to this. He says, but now listen to me. Jacob, my servant, Israel, my chosen one, the Lord who made you and helps you says, do not be afraid. O Jacob, my servant, O dear Israel, my chosen one, for I will pour out water to quench your thirst and to irrigate your parched fields. Hallelujah. Receive the word of the Lord as I read it to you. And to irrigate your parchments, and I will pour out my spirit on your descendants and my blessing on your children. That sounds to me like newness, <laughs> doesn't it? They will thrive like watered grass, like willows on a riverbank. That's the word of the Lord for us as a church. If only we would receive it. You will be like a parched field that has been irrigated and bursting to life. If you feel like that today, if you feel like everything is dry and barren, receive the word of the Lord. As you put your trust in him, it will burst into green and color. In Jesus' name, I prophesy that over us. Then he says this, verse 5. Some will proudly claim. This sounds like bold witness, by the way, to me. Some will proudly claim, I belong to the Lord. Others will say, I'm a descendant of Jacob. Some will write the Lord's name on their hands and will take the name of Israel as their own. (laughs) They will be so proud to be of the people of God. I believe the Lord is saying to us today and asking us a question. Who will write our future? Who, who will write your future? Will the government write your future? 
who gets, who, who do we invite into that place? It's a really important question. It's probably the most important question that we could answer today. Who will we let write our future? Surely only the Lord. And he is so gracious. He writes life where there's death. He, he, he writes a bursting garden where there was a desert of sand, right? Where if he writes the future, then it is colorful and vivid. It may not be easy, but it will be good. Can I hear an amen, sister? It may not be easy, but it will be good in Jesus' name because that's who he is and we love him. And, and over here, we've had some painting going on just to illustrate this fact we have this question. See, the paint is still drying. In fact, it's not dry yet. 2021 is not determined. We don't, we don't know what the next few weeks is going to hold, the next few months, but we know who holds the next few weeks and who holds the next months. And it, the question is, will we let him write his hope into our desperate feelings about the future and replace the fear with faith and take us deeper in prayer? And then make us bold and witness that we'd write the name of the Lord on our hands. <laughs> you know, they do that in Egypt. Uh, Coptics, they put a cross, um, a tattooed on their wrist. As in, uh, this is me for life. If someone sees my hand, they see the sign of the cross. I love that. If I had any tattoo, that's what I'd do. <laughs> but I'd get in trouble with somebody. Somebody would send me an email telling me it's not very godly. <laughs> okay. So where does this leave us? Well, as a church family, it puts us on a great trajectory to growth and change. And if you're watching this part of the Wellspring family, I, I invite you again to commit again to us growing again. And it's not all been rubbish, but it's not all been brilliant either. <laughs> so let's face the future and forget the things of the east and head west. And let's believe that whatever work God puts our hands to, he's going to resource, including the extension of our church center including the establishing of new ministries, including the ongoing work of our kids and youth ministries and our pastoral work and all the incredible stuff that happens. I want to say, as you give financially, faithfully into what we're doing together, every single penny is making a difference in people's lives. I want to say thank you if you've kept on giving all the way through this pandemic. I want to say may God bless you and he will bless you as you seek first his kingdom. He always will when the first roots go to him. But I also want to say there's a warning in here, wasn't there, at the end of chapter 43, of the Lord saying those people, their worship has been half-hearted. There is a warning. Let none of our worship and none of our giving be half-hearted because the Lord does see and there are consequences and there's a lifelessness about half-hearted worship. So let's not do that. So will we let go of all the stuff of 2020 and the last few years? And honestly, I don't mind if you've got a coaster I really don't mind you throwing that away. I won't be offended. But we might say whatever that was, we press forward for the future and believing that he's going to write something beautiful. And I wonder if we can come over here and just uh, thank you, Jockey, for doing this. Really appreciate it. Looks fantastic. Maybe, Steph, you can come. And just before we pray, we're going to see what uh, Jockey's been working on um, and this is what God is writing into our future as a church. And the paint is still wet. The paint is not dried yet. But this is what he writes into our future. And the question I have for you in the room and for all of us as a church family is, will we 
allow the Lord to write those things into our future. And maybe we could take a moment just in quiet. And then um, for those who are at home, I want to encourage you to just take a moment. I, I, you know, if we were in a big building together in a big room, we'd all be able to stand or maybe there'd be some new coasters. There's nothing like that today. But we can all make a response. And I, I know what it's like at home. And I've been talking for a few minutes now. And you might think, well, I hope he's finished now because I've got lamb in the oven or a veggie bake, whatever it is. Um, I, I just want you to join me in this moment and join with those in this room. And we're going to share a moment together in God. So let's just take a, a, just a few seconds. Lord, we say, come Holy Spirit. Lord, would you peel away just gently all the, the shells of protection and the cynicism and the, all that stuff, Lord. Would you peel it away? And Lord, we want to embrace what you're saying to us with both hands and to receive what that is. Come Holy Spirit. And Lord, for everyone at home, in lounges and dining rooms and bedrooms, Lord, would you come and do a work? Come and visit us now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. I wonder if we could do something really simple. I wonder if you could um, just simply put your hand on your heart. Um, I'm not going to ask you to stand up in your lounge or whatever, but you can put your hand on your heart. And can you join me with this? Yeah, if you want to stand in here, that's fine. But... Um, and, and what we're going to do is we're simply going to pray into these three areas and just commit ourselves. And if you can't do this, that's okay, I understand. You can just listen to my prayer and maybe say this on another occasion. But if you just agree with these prayers, then just in your heart, just say amen. Lord, we confess today that we've not really always been that strong in our faith. And we're sorry for that, Lord. But we hear your spirit calling us to become strong in faith. And Lord, I commit myself to that journey. And I pray that you would make me a faithful child of yours, able to see the impossible made possible, to be naturally, as they say, supernatural, and to not allow BBC News to determine my mood, but to walk by faith and not by human sight. So Lord, I commit myself. And if you can say amen to this, where you are committed, I commit myself and I say, Lord, grow me in faith. And Lord, we also pray in the area of prayer, you'd show us what it means to be really deep in prayer. Show us what it means to be able to talk to you about anything and to stand with great faith and see breakthroughs, to see demons flee in the name of Jesus. So, so we, we pray, God, that you would take us deeper in prayer. And Lord, I commit myself and if you can say this prayer, say amen in your heart. I commit myself to become deep in prayer. And finally, Lord, we pray in this area of witness. We are, in theory, Lord, unashamed of the name of Jesus. We are. We thank you for what you've done. But, Lord, our witness has not always been bold. And, Lord, we pray that you'd make us like the people that we read about in the book of Acts who would not stop talking about the name of Jesus, even if their life depended upon it. Lord, make us a church more and more bold in our witness 
So I commit myself to that in this moment. And all of us in this room and all of us at home, we commit ourselves. Say, Lord, make me bold in witness by the power of your spirit. So, Lord, receive these prayers because they are meant from our hearts. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this recording. We hope it has encouraged you, challenged you, and more than anything, that you've heard the voice of God and been aware of his presence with you wherever you are. Do share with us any answers to prayer or get in touch if there is any way we can help you further on your journey with God. Come and see us on Sunday or you can email us at admin at wellspring-church.org. May God be near you and his peace be yours for the remainder of this day. In Jesus' name, amen.